Today's episode of Pop Culture Reference is brought to you by the Professional Cinema Society at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. UWMPCS is an organization that's geared towards bringing Milwaukee's film community together. For more information, come to our informational meeting, which we'll talk about more next week. Now, on with the show. Hello everyone, broadcasting live from Unreliable Scheduling, this is Pop Culture Reference, your one-stop reference for all things pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Seamus Connolly. I'm Garrett Strother. And I'm an Oscar nominee. What's you... up? I'm, I'm Ricardo. Hi, hello. How's it going? <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Uh, pretty good. I'm nervous about this episode because our structure is going to be a little bit different today, guys. There is so much news that that's basically going to be our entire episode, except for the two episodes of Good Place that we have to catch up on. Well, first of all, I could have made this announcement two years ago. There's a new Mutants trailer, you guys. Yeah. Whoop-dee-doo! I don't know, like you said, it's kind of been in the works for an eternity now. It could now. be good. For those of you who are unaware, The New Mutants is a movie that Fox was working on that was set in the X-Men universe. That was kind of a spin-off of X-Men. It didn't have all of the characters from their X-Men universe in it. It had new characters featuring Macy Williams from Game of Thrones, Ani Taylor-Joy, the older Byers kid from Stranger Things. Right, that weird-looking guy. Lots of good up-and-coming actors. And... It seemed like Disney was just going to put it in their back pocket and never release it after they bought Fox because there were all kinds of reshoots and production delays and it seemed like this thing was just never going to come out. But a couple weeks ago, Disney dropped a trailer and said, guess what, it's coming out in March. Theatrical. Yeah. None of that Disney Plus original nonsense. Yeah, they're really going for it finally and um, I'll be interested. I guess I am currently interested. (laughs) I want to... This is a horror yeah, yeah it's angle, a, it's right? It's a spooky it's, thriller. Who knows how actually scary it's going it's to be? It's going to be, you know, pretty close to Multiverse of Madness, maybe? Well, well, I guess we have more to talk I'm about. Holding out hope. It looks weird. It looks different. It's different. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll take that it's different. I'll, I'll give it a shot just because, you know, it's not the same. They're, they're trying things that are definitely not what I would have intended to see, but... Uh, our march is looking pretty open. Maybe we'll do an episode. You yeah, tell me we'll a mutant X-Men. horror film doesn't sound pretty cool? Yeah, but I don't know, man. I've been burned by the X-Men before. I just... You mean all the time except for Days of Future Past and First Class? And, and Logan. Come on. Get yeah, there's credit Logan. Where okay. credit is due. Is Logan an X-Men film? I'm going to say yeah. yes. Isn't absolutely. It? There's an X-Men, X-Men in it. That's true. There's multiple X-Men. X-Men in it. But speaking of horror movies that are superhero movies but also might not be horror movies because studios scott derrickson director of the sinister films and the first doctor strange has left doctor strange and multiverse of madness after kevin feige made the press release that doctor strange multiverse of madness quote isn't really going to be a horror film and that really just deflates get out of here feige yeah come on i was so ready like like ricardo you said you were just interested in New Mutants just be for the sole fact that it was different, and I think with such a big character as Doctor Strange, and I mean, it's the team up with Scarlet Witch, too, that's going to tie into Vision. I was just so excited to see something that was going to be... It, Bananas? Bonkers? Yeah, that's what it sounded like. so crazy. I, I wanted to be, you know, kind of legitimately scared by a, a major studio that has 
by a Marvel movie. Exactly. I wanted a Marvel movie that was going to shock me in more than one just, like, cool action piece that I wasn't expecting, you know? And it's a bummer because this really seems to be, from the way they're advertising it with D23 and everything, that's going to be the real linchpin of this next Marvel phase. And so I'm pretty disappointed that the director's leaving. That leads me to believe that it's going to have more production trouble down the line. And if Marvel doesn't stick this movie, who knows what a mess all of the Disney Plus shows and the other phases are going to be. I'm curious to see exactly where this leads. I'm kind of done with Marvel for the most part anyway after Endgame. Like, I liked Endgame. I liked Far From Home. I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah, it's a lot. We we all kind of rode that train out together at the end there, and it was incredibly satisfying what we got in the end. And I'm excited for the shows, the Disney Plus shows that are supposedly going to tie in so much to the mm-hmm. the future of all these movies. I'm I'm at least interested enough to still give it a chance, but this Doctor Strange two stuff is is definitely giving me some more worries than I thought I would have. I'm disappointed. This is coming from someone that's not even the biggest fan of the first Doctor Strange. But if he's a horror director and this was their horror movie, it sounded like they were going to let him off the leash. And yeah, I guess that's ultimately why he's he bounced on the project is that he, you know, he had a vision that I'm sure was going to be incredible, but you know, I think this one might start to decline from what it would would have been originally, I guess. Well, the only director that I feel like Marvel has really ever let put their own actual stamp on something is Taika Waititi. Yeah. And speaking of Taika Waititi, He's doing Thor 4, and there is Thor 4 news. Yes, Do you know there the news, is. Ricardo? It's Christian Bale. Yep, he is in Thor 4. We don't know who he's playing. Beta Ray, Ray Bill. Bill. Yeah, it's Beta gotta be Ray Beta Ray Bill. Bill. If it's Taiga and it's such a big name that he can do something wild with it, it has to be in my mind, right? For our listeners at home who might not know, Beta Ray Bill is a character with the powers of Thor from the comics who is like a weird horseman, and he has a horse face, but he has Thor's helmet, and he wields a weapon called Stormbreaker in the comics, though it's not the same Stormbreaker that we've been seeing Thor wield for the last couple Marvel movies. There's room for a funny joke in there, like, oh, you call that Stormbreaker too? Ha ha. Or maybe Maybe he's Frog Thor. Frog Thor? That would be pretty good. What I I didn't know. You don't that know was about Frog Thor. No, I don't. Frog, you're as he's kidding called. me. You know I'm how not. you know frogs. And well, Thor. This, this one is Thor, Jesus. but he's a frog. Well, I wonder if they're gonna try to do like a weird Spider Verse thing where there's Thor and then there's into the Thor Thor <laughs> and there's Frog Thor. And oh there's my Beta God! Ray Bill, Love and Thunder. It could be like a whole team of all the different Thors, and then their Natalie Portman counterparts. You get frog Natalie Portman. You get, <laughs> get horse face Natalie Portman. It's a whole it's a whole thing. That's how they got her back. Yeah. So you get to play horse Natalie Portman. Let's just go ahead and do our last bit of Marvel news, which is kind of not Marvel news, but also is Marvel news. There was a Morbius trailer. Morbius, yeah, The Living Vampire, starring right. Jared Leto, set in the Sony-verse, the Venom-verse. Okay. But as the trailer no. shows us, we see... Wait, hold on. We could... We, you want to get a live reaction? Oh, yeah, let's do that. 
Yeah, because I haven't seen the trailer yet. All I know is that it's Jared Leto and he's a vampire. And I was that was the only other question I had was whether or not it was in the Venomverse or the Sonyverse. I guess is is Venom. what it's called. I never even saw Venom. I just I can't. What do you know about Morbius like as a character? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's a vampire and no other characteristics. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's interesting that they're doing this now after. Um, they officially announced the Blade, Blade revival. Oh, yeah, I didn't right. even think, think that's about gonna that. That's going to be a factor. Did they cast a Blade? I yeah, don't remember. It's Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, dude. That's right. That's it's right. It's going to be wild. The story goes that after Mahershala Ali won his Oscar for Best Actor for Green Book, he called Kevin Feige and he said, I want to do Blade. And Kevin Feige said, okay. Legendary. What a story. My God. It's, uh... I've never saw the original Blade, believe it or not, and I'm a big, disgusting, bloody vampire action movie guy, and I heard that's all that is. Alright, Morbius, official trailer, first look. The writers of this movie were involved in Punisher Warzone, Transformers The Last Night, and Men in Black International. A stellar track record. Alright, lay this thing on me. As well as Gods of Egypt. That Power Rangers movie. Oh, get out of here. I heard the Power Rangers movie is pretty good, actually. The Last Witch Hunter with... Vin Diesel. Vin... Vinathan Diesel. Based on his His Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons Dragons character. (laughs) Yeah, I I love that. All right. right, Yes, I want to watch this Morbius trailer. Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, sexy Jared Leto with his long hair again. I should have died years ago. He's got a frozen bat serum. Got time to do an old good guy thing, huh? What's up, Doc? Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a goddamn second. Oh my god. Alright, that just muddied up everything that I thought about. It's all coming together. Alright, so what I'm seeing is that eventually Blade and Spider Man are gonna have to slay vampires in New York City together. Explain why you think that, Seamus. Okay, the stinger at the end of that trailer there was Michael Keaton, I assume, reprising his role as the Vulture at uh, from right? Spider-Man Homecoming. What if he's not the Vulture? What if he's a, what if he's he's a, different, a different guy? He's just a different bird bad guy. I don't know. Apparently, people have looked at this trailer and like brightened up everything around right. Michael Keaton and appa- he's wearing the same jumpsuit that he's wearing in prison at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. That's what I kind of thought. That's what I recognized at the end there. And also, I don't know if you caught this when Morbius was walking down the alleyway in the trailer, Seamus, there's street art of Spider-Man and over it it says murderer. Oh. Alluding to spoilers for Spider-Man Far From Home, the fact that now it seems that Spider-Man has been framed for mysterious murder. I... It's all coming together. It's all part of the plan. You know, I didn't... I don't think it looks bad. It looks a little weird. I think I'm gonna have to see it now that they're doing this, like, vague crossover. Well, here's the thing. This is clearly some kind of stipulation about the Spider-Man deal that they struck a few months back. Yeah. Just because there's Marvel characters showing up in the Sony stuff, I don't think means that Sony characters are gonna show up in the disney-owned marvel stuff yeah probably not give it up amy <clears throat> yeah for real that honestly that tombs thing that that line is probably just in passing while they're in prison or something and they're just happen to be in the same jail and they're using it for stinger promo material to be like hey look it's part of everything too how much you want to bet that was the stinger of the movie 
Ooh, that oh, could be like the oh, after credits. They've, d- they've done stuff like that before, right? They definitely have. Well, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man 2, the big trailer shot of him swinging around in slow motion with the sewer grate. Oh, against the, the last rhino. shot yeah. of that movie. I hated that because they do that shot and it cuts to black and it's... That's it. I'm not even giving a spoiler warning for the Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2 because that movie sucked. Good God. It's interesting. I'll say that it might get me to watch Venom finally, which I've heard is like not even that It'll bad. It'll get me to watch Venom. We'll want, we'll do a Venom episode we'll do for, Venom for this for... movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, we might as well. I mean, good lord. I've... I don't want to, but... The fans demand it. <laughs> <laughs> All those Venom heads out there. But let's oh, stop Lordy. talking about Marvel. Yeah, let's, let's move on, please, for the love of God. You want to hear something weird and dystopian? Let's hear it. So, Warner Brothers has announced that they're developing an artificial intelligence software that will automatically decide what pitches to greenlight and not to greenlight. I hate that. Right? Doesn't every part of that just make you kind of angry? It's like the, like the one thing they always say, like, no matter how automated the workforce gets, you can't, like automate creativity but you're like automating what creativity gets past this like the bar now it's not that this could really happen anymore but hollywood's about to get a whole lot whiter uh, you're trying to tell me ai is racist <laughs> it's like queel said ricardo robots the... are only a reflection of the the people that program them so i mean oh my god hollywood bot is gonna ruin us all it's gonna be like the terminator but worse we'll see where this warner brothers thing goes we'll keep you updated yeah, let's hope that dies quick because that freaks me out uh this <clears throat> is news that's a surprise but also not out of keeping with some previous decisions that this franchise has made Billie Eilish is the pick for the new Bond song, which I think could be interesting. I was hoping for Lord. I think I've said on this podcast before that I really think Lord should do the new Bond song, but I mean, is uh, Billie Eilish British? I never know. No, I don't. No, th- she's, she's American, American, I think. Um, what's her name? Did Skyfall Adele? Adele did Skyfall who and is I th- British. I thought that was one of the best Bond songs in a while when that movie came out. So, I mean, I really wasn't expecting much from her, so maybe Billie Eilish will surprise me. I don't know. I mean, I like Bad Guy, sure. Yeah, I think Billie Eilish is fine. I I think it could be interesting to see. It's a very different type of music that she makes for a Bond song because you listen to Adele's music and you're like, yeah, this could be a Bond song real easy. The weirder picks are often the best Bond songs. Like, Asking Paul McCartney to do a Bond song. Oh, and that song's so good. <laughs> that God. Carly Simon, uh, Nobody dude. Does It Better, from Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. Yes, dude. Absolutely. That's Those a good are one. the two best Bond songs, probably. They're pretty great. I like, I mean, come on, Gold, gold Finger. Gold Finger. Yeah, come on. That's. I, I have an old floppy vinyl record of all like classic Bond themes that'll throw on some time they're great yeah so i'm interested in this i still think it should be lord there was a rumor going around that it was going to be beyonce because she posted a picture of herself kissing a martini glass on instagram oh and everybody took that and (laughs) ran with it well because before lemonade came out she posted a picture of her kissing a lemon oh i didn't know that so i guess a lot of people were like is she doing bond and i think that that doesn't sound horrible 
I think that would have been awesome, for real. I, but I'm excited yeah. to see what Billie Eilish does with it. I just saw the No Time to Die trailer in Dolby before I saw 1917, oh, yeah. and the theater was shaking, and it was... Thank God. And my mom hadn't seen it yet, and my mom was like, James Bond! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get to hear Billy and Dolby? I would go see No Time to Die and Dolby. I'm excited for that one. Well, yeah, that's that's. We'll come back with a review of that song. Lord, there's an even edgier music teen in the business now. Well, they usually release the song before the movie comes out. So we'll probably get to hear it before the movie comes out. Good. We'll we'll bring that back up. Sam Smith released the bad one from Spectre. Yeah. a month before the movie came out, and then we were all like, that was a bad song, and then the movie was bad, so we probably shouldn't have known. <laughs> I don't even remember that song. I barely remember that movie. That's just a bad time. This is the piece of news that we're going to talk about today that I'm the most excited for. I think I already know what it is. So on Thursday, a Hollywood Reporter article about Bad Boys for Life screenwriter Chris Bremner buried the lead when, in the very last paragraph of this article mentioned that Bremner was going to have another big screenplay coming out as he was writing for Jerry Bruckheimer and Disney the screenplay for National Treasure 3. We're back, baby. We're back. It's going to be... I don't even know what he's going to have to go after this time. I know what we're going to go after is a double up on an episode or two of catching up on National Treasure when it comes out. Ricardo, I don't think you've yeah. ever seen no, that, right? No, I haven't. So you don't understand the excitement and the... But he will, Seamus. I oh, know. He's, he's going to love It's Nicky Cage. He's after the Declaration of Independence. It's, it's a That's great... About it. Adventure you know what? film? It's a great movie. I love Ooh, that movie. Yeah. It's so... It's a blast. It's like, you know so strange to be stealing the Declaration of Independence for a treasure hunt, basically, but... I can't wait to see what he has to steal in National Treasure 3. Exactly. There, there was a tease at the end of National Treasure 2, like there was a... There was a little setup sequel. I don't know if they're going to pay that off or not. Is Maybe it George Washington's bones? No, we don't actually <laughs> even know what the tease is. There's just a vague... You'll, you'll understand when you see National yeah, Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. It's so good, and... And I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to tell us what that is, or if they're going to be like, yeah, during that adventure that we had all those years ago. I have a feeling it might be that, where they're, they're going to almost do the same thing, where they're going to do the exact same kind of mention, and then they're going to, like, completely walk away from it. Like, like you said, it's going to be like a... It's not like that one time where we had to do that thing for that one important guy, and they're just going to go on to, like, we got to steal the... The Statue of Liberty. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty disappear. Completely original idea. We actually talked about a leak of this information two months ago on this podcast. We did? We did, and we were all like, man, we hope this leak actually checks out, and it did. it's finally coming through the woodwork. So, uh, you heard it here first, listeners. We would like you to remember. We're up on it. forget that. Ricardo, get ready. We're going to watch them. You're going to love them. Get is Mount tour. Rushmore involved? I feel like Mount, Mount Rushmore is in involved. Two. Yes, and I only thought about that movie when I was at the actual Mount Rushmore. I didn't think about how impressive it was to make that or all this history behind it. I was like, man, I wonder if there really is a door behind <laughs> one of their heads. Honestly, what if Nick Cage has to put his face on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> 
That's pretty great. I almost want them to go back to some locations. Like there was a That's there the was gimmick, a bigger right? conspiracy it? all along that involves like the glasses and the catacombs and stuff. So in HBO news, HBO has announced that they are not going to move forward with a second season of Watchmen. That the one season that we got of the Watchmen sequel series, whatever you want to call it, like the yeah, Watchmen series that is set that. in the same universe as the movies. The, no, it's not no, the movie. It's the it's comic. It's the comics. Yeah, good it's the comic is not moving forward with any more seasons. I have a close friend who watched the first season and he thinks it's a good finale to leave it on. I know that some other people I know are upset that it's not continuing. I have not watched it yet. I'm excited to whenever I get my HBO back. But <laughs> I I never watched the movie, but I did read the book back in the day, and I've heard this show is just incredible. I'm glad they're ending it. They're ending. They're yeah. ending it where they want to, on their own terms, on a point that they think is satisfying. Yeah, it's not like a cancellation thing. They they just they don't want to do. To, they one. wrapped up what they wanted to. That's great. I'm glad. I'll, I'll watch it when I whenever I get an HBO yeah. account at my disposal. Watchmen, the graphic novel, like changed my opinion of comics as a whole. It, I really made loved... them a little more legitimate in your eyes, or uh... the way that I used to be when I was like an angsty high schooler was. <laughs> There's no, like, you know, comic books were necessary back in the day, but now there's ways to tell stories on film and television where we don't need graphic novels anymore. They're just now data medium. Wow. Hot take from five years ago. <laughs> More than that, even. When you were a naive child. When I was, like, 14. Yeah, you know? Jesus. Oh. And then I read Watchmen. I hadn't even read that many comic books. Like, I just had this opinion mm-hmm. founded on nothing. And then I read Watchmen. And I was like, there is no other way to tell this story. And it just opened my... Like, I, I was the galaxy brain meme all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, of course. Man, I uh, I think maybe I'll, re- I'll reread the, the book. Maybe I'll jump on the show. That's then, probably the best way to do that. Yeah. Then I'll do a dessert of the David Hayter movie and uh, ruin it all. We'll see how that goes. I have on DVD at home, I've never watched it, the Motion comic, which I've always been interested in. Interesting. I, I would I would check that out for sure. I've never seen the Snyder film, so I think I'd rather watch. That the might be better. Comic. Comic. <laughs> but yeah, so good for Watchmen. If you liked Watchmen and you wanted more, too bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> go, go read the current go, run. Yeah. Maybe I know. Go still read Doomsday them. Clock. Yeah, sure. Uh, honestly, I'm getting a little inspiration here. Maybe we maybe we do an episode on a on a classic graphic novel like that sometime i'd love to that i'd love to get great. deep on a like a really good series or, or standalone yeah we need to i think it's time for us to really branch out a little bit more yeah, with totally. our media on which we discuss we're all pop culture guys all pop culture indeed we'll hit we're doing comic books we're doing albums we're Ooh, doing I'd love to do an album. we're doing other podcasts <laughs> that would be a nightmare to do i a would podcast, do podcast podcast the west wing weekly weekly Oh my god. There's series finales coming up. <laughs> I have I've never seen an episode of The West Wing, so So what you'll do is you'll watch an episode of The West Wing, you'll listen to that episode of The West Wing weekly, and then we will record an episode <laughs> talking about the podcast. We play both podcasts over each other at equal volume, so it means absolutely nothing to no one. But oh, Disney, goodness. they're at it again, aren't they? They're what they're doing stuff with Oh they yeah, Disney's at it again. This kinda this is a weird one. Their corporate empire has recently acquired Fox and Fox Searchlight, as you are well aware. Ricardo, 
Mm. If you were to update 20th Century Fox branding to be modernized, how would you update the name? What uh, part would you get rid of? Make it Foxy. Foxy 21st Century Pictures. I love that. <laughs> well, you're not far off. 20th Century Studios. No more Fox. No more Fox. What? Yeah. Someone call Peter. That's a good comedy. Joke. I'll give it to you. I'll give you that. That's a good joke. <laughs> it took so long for me to like click that into place. Jesus. Yeah, oh I think God. this is stupid. I think yeah. A lot Fox of the industry gone. conjecture is that they're doing this to distance themselves from Fox News. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah. but do they own that too? No, no well, they don't. The Fo- like. Fox News and There's Fox Entertainment. There's a weird Entertainment corporate like history different. of how Fox News and Fox Entertainment, 20th Century Fox, like came to be, and how they are some kind. They're kind of connected, but not really, and they're definitely not anymore. But hmm. that's a lot of the conjecture is that Disney is doing this to distance themselves from the Fox News brand, which kind of makes sense. But I still think this is stupid because yeah. Fox is one of the oldest, biggest studios still in existence. And I think it's a shame to completely erase its legacy like that. I feel it's almost just like an ultimate assimilation. Yeah, that's move really like, what it feels like. We bought Fox. There is no more Fox. It's only us, and we own 20th Century Studios or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Fox I, is no more. I really hate it. That feels like their boot is coming down a little hard. If you're asking me, if we're talking about corporate dystopias, it feels messed up. Yeah, Fox is like a huge it's always been huge well it's sad because i go to the chicago film critics screenings pretty regularly and i just went to see mad max black and chrome and it was really sad because they at the end of the screening they always ask for suggestions of what else they can do and most of the suggestions that they were getting are movies that they can't do anymore because disney doesn't let their movies get used for, mm-hmm. like, smaller screenings like that. And now that's extending to all the old Fox movies. So the Music Box is never going to be able to do their Die Hard alternative double feature oh, for Christmas anymore. Good luck seeing Alien on the big screen ever again. Oh, man, that's that's a true bummer. It really feels like this is the end of the Fox era. And Fox was one of my favorite studios. Yeah, man, they put out an incredible amount of good stuff like everything was fox you know back in the day it was all you think they're gonna start like re-releasing those movies and altering the logo of the 20th century fox thing i really think they the... are i really think probably we're not are they going gonna, to they're see... gonna change the jingle no more big orchestra i don't even know what they're gonna do yeah no it's just God. searchlight now I suspect yeah. also that fox searchlight in as a whole is not long for this earth now that disney's oh, bought them yeah they're just gonna Lump them all into the one. Disney's not interested in highlighting independently minded films. Yeah, not not as much. Maybe we'll see that a little bit of a revival down the line. But right now, it feels like King Mickey's really coming around, coming around hard. Emperor Mickey. Emperor Mickey. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that sounds good. All right. Uh, Moving let's on. Talk from about this things sad that topic. aren't super depressing. Yeah. What's next on the list? Bad Boys for Life is doing so well. That we're getting a Bad Boys 4. I think the real tragedy in all this is the fact that they didn't save Bad Boys 4 life for the fourth movie. Yeah, that that's, like, yeah, like you said, Garrett, that's just like them. They didn't have the confidence that they'd get to 4, but, uh, 
But I, look at them now. Yeah, look at them now. Now we're, they're going to do five and six, and we'll get a seventh <laughs> one where they come back as, like, elderly police chiefs at a, at a station somewhere. How long is it going to take them to cross over with Fast and the Furious, you think? Oh, man. I might actually love that, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Do you have anything more to say about Good Lord. Bad Boys 4? <laughs> no. <laughs> See you when we do Bad Boys Month, all four of them. I will do Bad Boys Month. I, yeah. I'm not kidding, I would do it. We would have to wait like two years. We're not that we're Are you in a rush to see Bad Boys? <laughs> kinda, I want to see Bad Boys 1 now at least. I kinda want to see Bad Boys for life. Alright, I'm We I'm... have one last bit of news. What do we got? Hey Ricardo. Yeah. You know how you like Rachel Bloom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how you like Fran Drescher? I do like, I actually do like Fran Drescher. I do like that show. <laughs> what if Fran Drescher and Rachel Bloom were working together on a Broadway musical about the Danny? Broadway will never be the same. It, it is. A f- it's. It's the nanny. Mm-hmm. Wow. The television sitcom, the nanny. It's I'm talking bro- Mr. Sheffield. I'm talking C.C. Babcock. That I'm laugh. talking the butler. Oh, boy, I'm that Niles. Laugh. Niles. Is it His Niles? name is it Niles. Is Niles. Ooh, I love that I, see, I thought it was Niles, but then I was like, no, it couldn't be. Not possibly another '90s sitcom with a <laughs> Niles. God. You like Fran Drescher? You like the basic plot of The Sound of Music? You're gonna. You're gonna love the nanny. Honestly, I would love to see this show. I love Rachel Bloom. I am fond of Fran Drescher. I wouldn't say that I love her as much as maybe you both do. Are you telling me you never fell asleep watching Nick at Night and then you woke up (laughs) at 11 p.m. groggy-eyed as a seven-year-old? And there's just Fran Drescher with her giant hair and tight clothing. I'm about to blow your mind. I've never seen the nanny before. Uh, Nanny! year okay oh my god what have i done what the have fl- i done okay our podcast the flashy girls from fleshing oh my god the nanny podcast i'm so lost i don't know what i what do you done. do you know the basic plot of the nanny right? she yeah she she's a nanny and it's the future and she well she got, was like, working in a bridal shop parts. in flushing queens what oh is this the theme song that you're about to talk out to me Kicked out by her boyfriend in one of those crushing scenes. Where oh was she God. to go? What was she to do? She was out on her fanny. I can see where this is going. And that's how she became the nanny. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm going to hate you both when I listen back to this. Coming soon to Broadway, Rachel Bloom, fantastic. Check out Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She's more than qualified to write songs for this. Man. I I look forward to this. I'd love to see it. I probably won't ever because it's Broadway and that's yeah. in a long way away. And It'll expensive. come to Chicago and it's then five years after that it will come to Milwaukee. You can yeah. bump that album. Yeah, I'll listen the to the album, album. That's for sure. I can't wait. It's going to be hilarious. Fran Drescher's writing the book. It's going to... Wait, there's a, it's based on a book? No, no the, the book is what the script is called. In yeah, I know theater terms. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Today's pop culture reference is only for Seamus. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> but that's our that's news. news, huh? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, where's Riley? Ricardo. Yes. Where's Riley? I'm, I'm going to say the outskirts of the city. Seamus? I think I'm going to go with... He's walking in this tundra that we have going on right now, this terrible snowstorm. He's walking to work, I'm going to say. Well, it is 1.06 right now. I texted Riley... At 11.14, to know where he is, he says, Laying in bed. I was at 11.14, and I still am now. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> That's the winter break I like to have. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to our pop culture reference of the episode, which is the celebrity cameo. 
We've been dealing with a lot of celebrity cameos lately, and there might be one coming up on a later segment. Just you wait. <laughs> but I think the celebrity cameo is a really interesting device in filmmaking and television in that it's something that immediately takes the viewer out of a movie or a TV show or at least draws attention to the fact. I think some can be deployed really poorly and derailed the movie. I'm thinking of something like Matt Damon in Interstellar. Was that a Matt cameo? Damon's Was he not just well, a character in well, that movie? it's a surprise appearance of Matt Damon that was clearly kept secret right, so yeah. that... What about Matt Damon in Ragnarok? I was going to bring that there up. There you go. I think that's a well-used cameo because it fits the tone of Ragnarok. Yeah. Let's just talk about Matt Damon cameos. Matt Damon is kind of the king of celebrity cameos. He was in Deadpool 2. Um, he, he was? Yeah, he's the guy that's talking about oh, toilet that's right. paper. Oh, the redneck. Yeah, and yeah. That's great. Brad Pitt also has Brad a great Pitt was cameo. The man. That is a perfect cameo. That was cra- great, yeah. I'm not crazy about Deadpool, but Brad Pitt oh, being yeah, an invisible superhero. <laughs> yeah, and dying immediately. It's so funny. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Oh. See, I think a comedy can get away with a celebrity cameo better, but I think there's some not comedies like The Player, which is all about Hollywood, mm. um, which incorporates them really well. John Cusack, the late Buck Henry, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis also does a lot of weird celebrity cameos. Yeah. You could think about something like Ocean's 12, where he plays himself. That doesn't work too well. <laughs> but then Lego Bruce Willis in the Lego Movie 2 works gangbusters. So it's great. Uh, definitely, a lo- we've had a lot of celebrity cameos on The Mandalorian in this first season. Is pretty much every episode had uh, a different celebrity, a cameo. different celebrity cameo that. I always see that as just like a little jab to the audience, like, "Hey, you know who that is? Like, pay attention. This you're gonna have." You know, somebody that you recognize do something interesting. Does Werner Herzog count as a celebrity cameo? But he's a, he's a more substantial role. Yeah, I think yeah. Werner Herzog and <clears throat> Carl Weathers, they're both, like, characters, but, like, Bill Burr or... Amy, Amy Sedaris. Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. That's the one that jumps out at definitely me. Definitely cameo. All right. Let's move on to Hellless Other Podcasters. Welcome to Hellless Other Podcasters, where we break down the latest episodes of The Good Place. This is one of our last episodes of Hell's Other Podcasters, boys. It's pretty sad. We're in the end Shouldn't game you? now. But we, oh boy. Today it's we're going rampant. to be talking about season four, episode ten, and episode eleven. You've changed, man, and Mondays, am I right? Respectively. They don't dilly dally with uh plopping us right back where we were before the break, back in the judge's chamber. It feels like the judge has been going through voids and marbleizing Janet's for Years of my life. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's taken a minute. But we open with Janet and the judge going through different Janet's voids looking for the button that will end the world, completely erase humanity's existence. Cheaty, he's up, he's confident now, yeah, he's ready to he's, go. He's like ultra uber cheaty. <laughs> like he's like <laughs> Nega Scott. Yeah, exactly. He's like the ultimate form of himself and it's it's awesome. I love new Chidi. He's 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 great. It's just, he can like learn. I guess he's learned from all of the reboots and time spent on Earth and all that. So they're kind of leaving leaving it up to him to figure out the ultimate plan to lay out for the judge when she's ready to destroy everyone. Yeah. So the task of this episode is to figure out how to fix the afterlife, and 
their first suggestion is to expand the medium place so that more people are able to not be tortured for eternity. Which, of course, Sean, being the head of the bad place, immediately shuts down. And the judge goes back to marbleizing Janet's. So they have to regroup and come up with a new plan. Quick shout out to my girl Disco Janet. Yeah, who gets a, baby. Who gets a lovely. Uh, I'm gonna few end the earth. Yeah. It's great. I I'm I'm glad she got back around. Also, Disco Janet gives roller skates to Cheaty, which that's it. I just wanted to bring up her accomplishments. <laughs> he in this does a episode. spin. He does a spin while he's teaching. And also, Seamus, did you notice? what Disco Janet turns into when she's marbleized? It's a little disco ball. It's a little disco ball. I <laughs> thought that was great. I, I, They think of everything over there. My God. So there's neutral Janet, which is medium place. There's good place Janet, and there's bad place Janet. So is there a disco place? I hope so. I hope well, there's where just do you, like a... Where do, it's created when an entire genre of music dies. Is that a joke in the show, or did you just come up I with I just that? made that up. I mean, That's it makes sense. Great. Disco is dead. That I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> I, I'm all about that. We got a ticking clock. They're trying to figure everything out. They're trying to meet a middle ground with the bad place and the, the good place council. And Sean will not budge on anything. And we also know the judge is anxious to just get this all done with because she has to get back to season three of Justified. <laughs> of course. Which I can relate. Yeah. Oh, Justified's so good. But I love Chidi, that that's just in there for some reason. I don't know why that's a, a recurring bit. That she likes Justified? Yeah, it feels like a good one-off joke, but they keep bringing it back. Because Justified's amazing. I was going to say, it's it's such an almighty show that the judge of the entire cosmos is like, damn, this show's great. <laughs> when it all seems lost, when it seems like they're not going to be able to come up with any kind of plan, Ted Danson, he gives a he gives a nice nice speech. And Chidi, he's got a plan. So their plan to get the judge to even listen and sit down for their plan is they all go into Janet's void, where they don't all turn into Janet's because they're stronger now. And Ooh. Janet is more advanced. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, like, grown since they had that weird Janet episode. And Janet conjures Timothy Oliphant. In... The man himself. In garb. In his ceremonial cowboy hat and outfit. Yeah. Outfit. Like... It is exactly the justified outfit. It's it made me laugh out loud. It was hilarious. Oh, but just the payoff to this great gag. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. such a good payoff. The, he's like interrupting them as they <laughs> explain to like get more information in character. It's it's so funny. And it feels like Raylan doing an Yeah, it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is not Timothy Oliphant, it's Raylan Giffins. He keeps being like beckoned by the judge to like come sit back down by her. It's very funny. Chidi lays out his new plan, well, all of their new plan, right? which is to do the neighborhood experiment slash other kinds of scenarios where the humans have their morality tested. So the way they explain it, which I think is a really eloquent way to put it, is life on Earth is like taking a class, and then when they get to the afterlife, the neighborhoods are like taking a test. So the point values are still used as kind of a baseline, mm-hmm. but it's about how they're able to improve when they get rebooted and rebooted and rebooted. And if some people don't improve, they'll go to the bad place, but if they do excel, they'll go to the good place. I'm just realizing this now, it's really a Buddhist 
uh, and Hindu idea. Yeah. It's an Eastern idea of Very reincarnation, reincarnation. Oh, yeah, coming right. back better and better and better until, until you, you eventually reach nirvana. reach nirvana. Yeah, it's, it's you know, oh she, she's yeah. a philosopher. He's got all that rattling around in his head. He kind of Yeah, it's going to come up it. at all. Just like, wait a minute, this it's is just Buddhism. Buddhism. And the judge is all the way on board, thanks to Timothy Oliphant. Of course. But Sean, he's out. Oh, but, you know, then we kind of... Michael knows Sean more than, you know, Sean would like to admit, I'm sure. And he kind of plays him a little bit to get him to admit his, like, Joker, Batman, like... I need you or else I'll yeah. be too bored in, in my existence to, like, I need to thwart you in some way. When you live like for eternity. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Just kind of, this is his one chance in, like, probably a thousand years. Oh, I get to play the supervillain. Yeah. Everything I do is the ultimate evil. Yeah, literally pulling people's teeth out is just, you know, every day to me. I need, I need a, a nemesis. And Michael and him are kind of forever locked in a battle with this new system so he kind of gets on board in the end and so the way michael puts it is things are going to change no matter what either humanity is going to go away for a billion years and you're going to be left bored and alone or you can agree to this new system and help us change it and be engaged and work together and they choose to work together which is i think a really nice moment that on this series even the ultimate embodiment of evil is able to be saved yeah, every, everybody's growing in this series. We only mm-hmm. have four seasons, but no character is without some kind of growth. And it's earned growth. Oh, it's absolutely. really earned growth. So that's really this episode. Yeah, that's the first one. And I was really satisfied with it. Honestly, I was kind of shocked that they resolved all of it so fast, but it didn't feel unearned because they put so much effort into... You know, again, it feels like the judge has been marbleizing Janet's forever. Right, yeah. Yeah, this was a great comeback. Oh, oh, yeah. Considering this was the return on the break, it, you know, we're right back. We're running along right where we were when we stopped. Yeah, it's absolutely stellar. And I'm glad that Sean got to have a little moment. I think that Mark Evan Jackson is an outstanding actor. I really love him on everything he's in. And I'm glad to see him play a little bit against type and have a little bit more to do than he usually does. And then we've got Mondays, Am I Right? Which another great episode. Is another great mm-hmm. episode. Now it's the trick of actually having to implement all of these ideas. And Easier said than done. Certainly. So we learn about all the different jobs that our characters are going to be taking on. Tahani has volunteered to be essentially the guinea pig for the new system of like neighborhoods and scenarios that the humans will be tested with while Michael is leading his team of demons trying to become new architects. Not going super well for him. Yeah, not great. It's uh they he has a lot of trouble. He, he handpicks the demons from like this pool of very good bad place de- bad architects. place mm-hmm. architects and he's a lot of fun bear chainsaw attacks it's it's they're just they're they're trying to understand that it's not all about immediate fear and danger and panic when you're trying to torture somebody and they have to like relearn how to like get under people's skin rather than like like psychologically instead of yeah they keep comparing like what they're doing to the uh penis flattener machine they have in the bad place which is like this apparently the standard of torture (laughs) 
and they're trying to like get them out of that headspace. So one of the tests has, as you mentioned, a bear with chainsaws, and then when Michael says make it smaller scale and more relatable, it seems like it is it's going a great better, goddamn bit. Yeah. <laughs> a smaller bear with chainsaw hands that says Mondays, am I right? Because that's relatable yeah. to humans. Which if that isn't merch soon, like a plushie with little like yeah, little chainsaw, chainsaw hands bear. that light up and make noise. Meanwhile, our other characters, Eleanor, Chidi, and Jason, are going through old files of the best people ever to live, trying to figure out who their first neighborhood is going to be. And, uh-oh, we have another twist of fun cosmic fate. They... Well, I guess this isn't fate. This is Jason finding them and printing them out. But he get Jason finds Jason is all an of agent their. Of fate. <laughs> yeah, truly, he is. He it's gonna turn out. I'm calling it right here in the middle of my sentence. Jason is God in this show, and it's gonna be a big reveal at the end. But uh, yeah, he prints out all their files, and uh, there's some, you know, there's some conflict in Eleanor with Cheaty about reading each other's files and like kind of getting to know their past when they've professed love for each other already. And eventually she decides that she wants Chidi to read her file so that he knows everything before they are able to spend eternity together. But even confident Chidi is now rattled because he's so impressed by what he's found in Eleanor's file that he doesn't think he's good enough for her. Yeah, it's another questioning of the soulmate or the true love, I guess, at this point. And uh, confident Chidi does get pretty rattled once he has to, like, wrestle with himself compared to Eleanor, I guess. And the MVP of the episode for what feels like the fifth or sixth time this season, Jason comes through. And yeah, this is a good character mm-hmm. point for Jason. For real, yeah. He's useful. Because yeah, he's useful now. Chidi makes a comparison between his and Eleanor's relationship and Janet and Jason's relationship, which at first seems to rattle Jason. And so Jason is like, oh, I'm not good enough for Janet. She's going to get bored of me. It's going to suck. And then Chidi's like, no, you're different. And that's what makes you a strong couple is that you enjoy each other's differences and have come together. And that makes you strong. And that makes you a good couple, which Jason immediately turns around on him got him he got him he flips it on him real quick and is totally like i got you man just pretend that what you were saying to me was what you were saying to you all along but put it in your head (laughs) yeah (laughs) and don't say it out loud (laughs) yeah he he's been sneakily like doing amazing things this entire time or i guess at least specifically for this last season and this is just i'm I'm really on board with your weird theory that jason's Jason's somehow very well, not God, but super powerful or something. Oh my goodness. But yeah, we um, also MVP of a lot of these episodes in general or this show. We get Vicky comes back and throws a wrench in the works with Michael and his trying to teach the new architect stuff. I love it whenever Vicky pops up. She's the worst. She's the worst, <laughs> but she's the best to have around. But is she the worst now, Ricardo? Oh yeah, yeah. Because she is really good at what Michael wants the demons to do. We see Michael have a crisis of whether or not he could deal with the fact that Vicky is better at the job that he's supposed to be doing than he is because Michael, for his entire millennia of existence, has always had a job to do, a purpose, and now somebody, Vicky, is better at it than he is. And so he has a big moment of growth in this episode with Janet where she points out that it's all about what's best for humanity and he can't let his ego get in the way of it which has been a big obstacle for Michael. Yeah. 
this season. They come up with a ploy, though. In the end, they they come to a common understanding that like Vicky is obviously meant to do the job and to like. How does Michael explain? It? He explains it in that she would be like the director of the project, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that gets her ego stirred real, real hot, and uh, convinces her to basically be the project manager of the new neighborhoods. And yeah, he promotes her, and they find that common middle ground. And another demon that kind of feels like it's making its way into the core group a little bit of like not jerks. I mean, her job is still torture. Well, it's not torture. It's, it's like moments. It's testing. Yeah. And we know that Vicky has always been ambitious from the very beginning. Yeah, when she was True, still fake say. Eleanor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Her whole character is just ego. Yeah, <laughs> ego and acting. But we see that 1.23 Jeremy Berries, or 1.28? <laughs> Something like that. 1.28 Jeremy Berries. A lot of Jeremy Berries later. Yeah, enough where you're like, all right, that's a significant a, amount that's of a Jeremy Barrymore time. That's a long time. We see the first few neighborhoods are in full force, that Vicky is running things really well, everything's going smoothly, and there's a noise that goes off in the sky that means somebody's gotten into the good place, and so they are like, oh, did our first test subject end successfully? And then that's when Michael tells the Soul Squad that no, that's the sound of the four of them getting into the good place. Feels good. They done did it. They done did it, and then they get another golden hot air balloon, which was a great... That was like a season... That was two. season one or season two bit of a fake way to get to the good place was a hot air balloon. He assures them that it's real this time, and they also invite Michael to come along with them. And Janet. I, I assume Janet was coming along as well. You can't leave her behind. And then they... Then it's over, then the episode ends. Yeah, they, yep. they ascend to the sky, Jason yells balls as loud as he can, which <laughs> made me laugh, and then we're going to get to see the honest-to-God real good place For honest, episode. two seconds I thought, oh, is that the end? Is that no more? I think <laughs> that would have been a satisfying series finale, honestly, yeah. but I know that these storytellers clearly have a larger picture in mind, and I can't wait to see what happens in these last couple episodes. It's they're, the they, penultimate episode. They've been in the bad place all along. I'm calling it here. They've been <laughs> in the bad place. They're going to stay in the bad place. This is all the most elaborate ploy. I legit don't know. Like, anything. Yeah, yeah. I have I, no they idea. always so switch it up somehow. That's why I'm excited. I genuinely have no idea what's coming, and that's what excites me most it, about this show. Is it the last episode, or is it the second to last? So, second to last. It's penultimate. Yes. Next week, there is going to be the penultimate episode, and then the week after... The hour-long uh, finale special. Yes. Yeah. Don't know where this is going. Can't wait to see what happens next week. Now, let's save the rec center. All right, boys. This week's rec center, mine is coming straight from HBO. I watched through the entire first season of Barry over break. What an absolutely incredible show. It's, like, haunting. It's hilarious. It's... It gets here. You can't. You have to you. watch the next episode. It's so good. I I stopped at the the season one finale is also like shocking. So I I need to get my hands on an HBO account again because it, it's it's honestly one of the best new shows I've seen in a while. I'm glad you're finally joining us. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little late to the game, but holy crap, is that show insane? Oh, it's fantastic. I think this is a good excuse for us to find a way to talk about Barry on yeah, this show. Honestly, yeah. God. Bill Hader. 
screen presence like you wouldn't believe. Transition. Janet's on that show. She is on yes. that show. And what's her name? Chidi's girlfriend for a short time that we never yeah, talked to. Yeah, she is Simone. Yeah. yeah, Simone and Janet I are forgot friends. Simone was on that show. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And Bill Hader won an Emmy for that season. Henry Winkler won an Emmy for that season. Oh, Henry season. Winkler's so funny. Stephen and... Root kills it on that show. Uh, the guy who's Zaz on Gotham oh, is also hilarious. Anthony Kerrigan. So would... funny. It's, he's perfect. He's so Remind funny. Remind me of his name. It's a funny name. It's, what is it? Noho Hank. There we go. Noho Hank, yeah. Noho Hank is the best character on that show. Uh, I'm itching he's so to see pure. season two. I love him. Sure. Just wait till season two. Just oh, wait. my God. I can't wait. Ugh. All right, what do you boys got? Who's up next? I actually ha- I have so many. I got a big one. Yeah, you got a big Rolodex over break? Well, that's the great thing about break is that it offers this invitation of oh, yeah. catching up on things that you're interested in. I watched The Irishman. I watched Rocket Man. But uh, my pick is actually going to be a graphic novel, my pop culture mm. reference. I recently picked up at Half Price Books a short graphic novel. It's a collection of four individual comic books from a series called Star Wars Shattered Empire. It takes place immediately after the events of Return of the Jedi. It actually takes place even... It starts during the Battle of Endor. Oh, cool. And it has all the characters you know and love. It's got Lando and Han and Luke and Leia and R2. And it follows two characters, one ground assault strike team member who's with Han Solo and one A-Wing pilot who are married. Oh. And... It just so happens that the ground strike team member, his name, is Sergeant Dameron. <laughs> All right. Hey, there you go. Specifically, Poe Dameron's mother, the A-Wing pilot, mm. is the main character of this series. As she interacts with the different characters from the original trilogy against the backdrop of the final days of the Galactic Civil War as they're trying to hunt down the last of the Empire. That sounds awesome. It's really terrific. The character work is really nice, and it's not too big for its britches. It doesn't try to cover too much ground, but it still finds nice ways to involve the central characters while telling a nice story about Poe Dameron's family. There's actually a few characters who cross over into the Poe Dameron comics, which I read the first two compilations of first before I read Shattered Empire, so if you're interested in reading the Poe Dameron comics, I really recommend picking this up and reading it first because... There's a lot of pilots and background rebellion members who come back in a big way in the Poe Dameron comic. That sounds great. And I've heard those Poe Dameron comics are actually really solid, too. They're so. pretty good. What I've read so far, Volume 2 of the Poe Dameron comics are really good. But Volume 1 is a little eh. But Shattered Empire, I really recommend. It's the most I like Poe you're ever going to get. <laughs> That's definitely yeah, true. exactly. Right on. Good stuff. <clears throat> Ricardo, what do you got? I'm going to go with the most readily available one because it's free. Epithet Erased. It is a animated web show from YouTuber Jello Apocalypse. He does stuff like every Disney movie reviewed in ten words. The so oh, I've this seen those. yeah so I've this is those. basically like an anime or whatever or like welcome to Twitter, welcome to Facebook, those types of videos. He's uh, partnered up with Verve and they made like a seven episode. Like each one's like about a half hour long animated series and it's fantastic. I think it's really good because it is from such an independent creator. And it's all on Verve, you can do that. Or he also, like, after a week after they were on Verve, he, like, put them on YouTube for free. So if you want, you can check out the whole thing on YouTube. Nice. That sounds cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. The basic premise is it's very X-Men, very My Hero Academia. It's a world where certain people, when they're born, have, like, a word, like, attached to their soul. And they're called the Inscribed. It gives them powers. But the words are all kind of dumb. <laughs> 
Epithet Erased. I'm gonna have to check that out. It's free. Hey, if it's free, yeah, I'll, that's I'll what check they're called. Out. The word, your powers, or whatever they're called, your epithet. Yeah, if you want to check it out, Jello Apocalypse <sighs> Indie Creator. It's all on his YouTube channel. All right. Well, I think that's our show, guys. Tune in next week. Uh, the penultimate episode of The Good Place. Yep. Yep. Can't wait to see you then. Have a good week. 